0: Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you that we can gather here in your name, Lord God. Lord, we give all glory and honor due unto your name, Lord God. Lord, we know, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for saving us, Lord God, for bringing salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his blood, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. Not, if not for that, Lord, we have no hope for our lives, Lord God, eternally separated from God. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness, and we thank you for amazing grace, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Now I'm going to warn you, I'm going to be a little bit rough on you tonight, but I pray that you just bear with me and open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. We'll start reading in verse 8. Lorraine's going to do her best to put her scriptures up on the board, you can follow along. First John, chapter 1 John <clears throat> 1, verse 8. We're just going to dive right into this. It says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Now that's a rough way to start, talking about sin right off the bat. You know you're in for... Uh, a rough period here shortly, talking about sin. The Bible says in verse 10 again, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, I am saved, as I imagine many of you are. I am what's called born again, as I, born again Christian, as I imagine many of you are. I know that the word says in John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's why we call ourselves born again Christians. I've been down the Romans road. Now everyone probably remembers, maybe some of you don't, we've been through the Romans road here at this church before. I think the Romans Road is awesome. It's a good thing to know, but it's kind of like a pathway to salvation found in Romans, different scriptures in Romans. Now, I'm going to go over this, and I pray that you bear with me. I know a lot of you know this, but I want to go over this to lay some groundwork to refresh your memory. Romans Road, and you can follow along or listen to Romans 3, verse 10. And this shows our sin, the sin in our lives. This lays out the groundwork, the foundation for Christianity. Romans 3, verse 10 says, as, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And following along in the Romans road, <clears throat> same chapter, verse 23, go down to 23, says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And skip to Romans 6, verse 23, says, For the wages of sin is death, but then the good news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then back a chapter. Chapter 5 verse 8 says But God commended his love toward us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Just laying the basic groundwork To our principles To to Christianity Showing our sin Showing that the wages of sin is death And the way of salvation While we were yet sinners God showed us Here I'll give you Christ The way of salvation Then on the Romans chapter 10 verse 9 How do we be saved? This is it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Then skip down a few more verses to verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I know that's basic stuff. We've been over that before. Many of you know that. But that lays the groundwork. And I want to tell you, I've been down that road. I'm born again Christian. I have confessed. I believe that. I believe that. That sets my groundwork for my faith. I believe in that stuff. There is none righteous. No, not one. There's no one righteous out there. All these basic things forming the principles of our doctrine. I've done all that stuff. I believe all that stuff. I believe that I need Jesus Christ. I believe that he's the gift from God. In that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for the ungodly. I have confessed my sins. I've confessed my sins. I had a period in my life where... I said, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I'm now saved. I confess that with my mouth. And I believe it in my heart. The Bible says you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that. I believe that today. At some point in time in history that Jesus actually walked this earth and was slain, was buried, and rose again. I believe that in my heart. Therefore, the Bible says... You're saved now. You're starting your journey. So, after I go down this Roman road, what do I do next? Well, I continue on my walk with God. Amen? Remember a pastor preached long ago, the dash? You know, Your life begins here, then there's a big dash, then your life ends here. Well, I'm in the middle of my dash somewhere right now. Continuing on my walk in my faith, in Christianity. Here I am, saved, born again, trying to be a Daddy. Trying to be a husband, trying to go to work, trying to pay bills, trying to be a good friend. As I'm saved, I'm doing all this stuff. As I'm walking with the Lord, I'm trying to go to work and get all my stuff paid for and, and work this situation out. Work that, be good to my wife, treat love my wife. As a man of God, I'm trying to do all things. But, as I'm walking through this life, there is a problem that bothers me. And I'm going to tell you about this problem. As I'm trying to be a dad, as I'm trying to serve the Lord, as I go to work, here's the problem. I find myself doing evil things that I don't want to do and not doing good things that I do want to do. As I'm a Christian and walking down this path, believing in the Lord, I I still find myself doing evil stuff. I still find myself not doing the good stuff that I do want to do. The Apostle Paul says it best in Romans chapter 7, verse 19. For the good that I would not, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Apostle Paul saying, you know, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. The things that I do want to do, I find myself not doing them. This is a big problem in my life. I thought I was a Christian. supposed to be saved. How come I'm still doing dumb stuff? You know, this bothers me real bad because I know that God is a holy God. I know what his word says. I know that his word tells me to mortify the deeds of the body. But here I find myself doing dumb stuff every now and again. I know that his word tells me to to neither yield my members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yet I still find myself doing dumb stuff every now and again. You ever felt that way? Lord have mercy. It bothers me so bad. And then what happens? Guilt sets in. I start feeling guilty. Guilty because I'm not doing the stuff I want to do. Man, I have all these great ideas and I find myself not taking action against them. And it bums me out because I'm not doing the good things that I want to do. And I'm doing the evil things I don't want to do. The stuff that I genuinely hate and I don't want to take part in. Man, come hang out with me for a little while. I'll show you what impatience is all about. I wish I was patient, I'm not. <clears throat> Then guilt sets in. Why is guilt set in? Because I love the Lord. I do. I genuinely love the Lord. And I want to please Him. But I feel guilty because I'm doing dumb stuff still. Man, I thought I was saved. I thought I was supposed to be a good dude now. What's the wrong with me? I love the Lord, but why do I keep messing stuff up? Romans chapter 7 verse 21 says, I find then a law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into the captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's exactly how I feel. I delight in the law of God. I love His word. I love the things that it says. I love the commandments that He gives. Yet I see me doing dumb stuff. And screwing up and making these goofy mistakes. I thought I was supposed to be a good person. A good Christian person. How come I keep doing bad stuff? I thought I was saved. Why do I keep doing evil things? My heart gets torn. I feel guilty. I get discouraged. I feel like you get pulled in two different directions sometimes. And you know what happens to me? Sometimes I feel like I want to avoid God. Because... Here I am doing bad stuff. I love the Lord. I love his word. But I can't go to a holy God and pray. Look at this goofy stuff I've been doing lately. I'm not going to pray and spend the time that I was going to that I usually would. Because I'm too bad. I'm too evil. I can't stand in his presence. Almost like sometimes I want to avoid the Lord. Not because I don't like him. Not because I don't love the Lord or respect the Lord or reverence the Lord. It's because I just don't feel good enough. Lord, I'm not good enough. I still do evil stuff. I thought I was supposed to be one of your children. Lord, how come I'm doing this evil stuff? Avoid the Lord more or less because of shame. Lord, I'm ashamed. Come work on some vehicles with me. Hang on. I'll show you something to be ashamed of. I do some stuff that I am genuinely ashamed of, that I'm glad not many of you people know about. Amen? Nobody else is ashamed of a thing or two in their lives? I'll tell you what, genuinely, I'm ashamed of some things that I I let myself do. I wish I didn't do them. I honestly don't. I hate those things that I'm ashamed that I do. You know, this, this really can have an adverse effect on your walk with God. It affects your growth. It affects your purpose in the kingdom of God. Walking around guilty all the time. Walking around depressed and discouraged all the time. Walking around like you're barely hanging on to being saved. If you are saved at all even. Man, those questions arise in us, don't they? But there is some good news because I found something that, that liberates me from all this. Something that gets me by, that gets me past all this. All the guilt, the shame, feel like I'm barely saved, feel like I'm unworthy to be in his presence. Feel like I can't face him. There's something that helps me to move on. And to move forward in my walk with God. Something very basic. I've said this many times as I preached before. I love simple things in the word. I love simple things. This is so simple yet very profound. Now listen closely. The Christian life is a state of continual repentance. Do you understand that? I, I think that we have this idea where. Somewhere in in 1910, we we found salvation, and from then on, we're saved and don't need to worry about repentance anymore. I already asked God for forgiveness for my sins. That is wrong. Christianity is a state of continual repentance towards God, continued humility towards a holy God. We are to be in a state of repentance the rest of our saved lives. Do you understand that? That's what Christianity is. A state of repentance towards God. You don't just say, Lord, forgive me. My sins, I'm saved now. And I have no more need for forgiveness anymore. I'm already saved. I'm good. No way. We still screw up and make mistakes. Whether you've been saved one day or 25 years, you should still be in a state of repentance towards God. Listen, you will, we will struggle with sin all the way up. Until the day of redemption when God gives us new bodies. We'll struggle with sin. We'll war with things in our flesh. Because of this carnal nature, we will struggle with sin all the way up to the day of redemption. When either you die or Jesus returns, we'll, we'll still fight sin. You still need forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Why? Because you still have sin in your life. The Bible says if you say you have no sin, you make God a liar and his word is not in you. We still struggle and fight with sin. Christianity is a life of humility towards God. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is in us. is not in us. Excuse me. Well, I'm going to use a word that old time preachers used to use. You don't hear it very much anymore. I barely even knew what it meant. I had an idea of what it, had to mean, what it meant, but I had to actually look it up. The word penitence. Christianity is a life of penitence before the Lord. Penitence, a feeling of expressing regretful pain and sorrow for sins or offenses. We should feel, we should be penitent before the Lord. Always, always, because He is so holy, mighty, and powerful. Penitence before God. You say, brother, no, I'm good now. I'm not a sinner. I have no sin. I'm good, man. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. The Bible says if we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I want to tell you something. I hope this doesn't burst your bubble. Church, what what we're doing right now, we're having church. We had church this morning. We're going to have church Wednesday night. We're going to have it next Sunday, if God willing. Church is not full of good people inside and bad people outside. Let me tell you, listen to this, and I hope you don't get too mad at me and throw something at me. But church is actually bad people outside outside. And bad people inside. You understand that? We're all bad. You have to understand that as a Christian. We are all bad. We all struggle with sin. People outside of church struggle with sin. And people inside of church struggle with sin. We are still sinners who need forgiveness. We are to be in a constant state of repentance before our God. Church has bad people outside and bad people inside. You say, brother, you don't understand. I'm saved. I'm good now. The Bible says there is none righteous. In other words, there is nobody good. In my opinion of you, man, Bruce, he's a good dude. The Bible says there, there, he's not a good guy. He, he's broken the moral law. He's got broken God's moral law and is in need of repentance. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not run. Listen to this. I hope this doesn't shatter your foundations. or whatever. Getting saved doesn't mean you're good now. You understand that? It doesn't mean you're a good person now. Getting saved actually means you realize you're a bad person in need of forgiveness. Getting saved means you've came to the light, and his light has exposed all the evil in your life. doesn't mean this day, man, I was bad all the way up until here. Now I'm a good dude. Now I'm good. I'm not like them anymore. No way. It means you're still bad, still in need of Jesus Christ, still in need of forgiveness. I was talking to a guy the other day, and this is how the, the world thinks. The, the world thinks the good people are in church and bad people. are. That is not true. And I tell you what, I, I've had some good talks with this one buddy at work. Man, he's, he's as heathen and proud as he can be of it. And my, my heart goes out to this dude. It really does. But one time I really messed with him when he couldn't hardly understand why I was telling him I was bad. Because he knows I'm a Christian. He knows I go to church and serve the Lord. And he couldn't hardly understand that. He expected me to say, well, I'm good. I'm righteous. I don't make mistakes. And I told him, I go to church because I'm bad. Not because I'm good. I go there because I'm bad. If I was a good dude, I wouldn't go to church because I wouldn't need church. Why do I need the word? Why do I need some pastor yelling at me, telling me stuff? I'm good. I don't have to go. Well, I told this gentleman, I said, I go there because I'm bad. And he couldn't hardly understand. Well, what? I-, I thought you were a good person. No. I struggle with stuff, man. The stuff, he's proud of it. I just will hide it more. And what I was telling you about is I was chatting to a guy the other day. And I said, buddy, it's time for you to start coming to church. He said, boy, if I walked into church, man, I'd erupt into flames. Or the church would erupt into flames. And, you know, we kind of chuckled about it. But uh, the people on the outside think it's good in, bad out. It's not true. We're all bad. The Bible says there's none Righteous. There are none righteous. Man, if God would come down and just pick someone at random, he could just point out sins and bring you to such shame in front of all of us. We would do well to realize we are sinners, still in need of Jesus Christ's blood. All the way up until we're dead. I don't know if you think maybe you reached a level, maybe you've been saved for so long you're at a level that I don't need forgiveness anymore. I'm past all that stuff. That's not true, and that's not what we hear from this pulpit. Dad's been saved a long time. Some of the other guys have been saved that, that I look up to have been saved a long time. they still will admit I struggle with some of the most basic things. You know what that's the way it is. in life, we, we're tied to this, this flesh, this fleshly body, this carnal nature. We struggle with sin. The Bible even describes our hearts as desperately wicked. Our hearts are desperately wicked. I'll tell you one time this was a, I don't know, year, year and a half ago, a buddy of mine was here praying at the altar, and some of us other guys. And this particular gentleman, he messed up. It, he messed up. He sinned. It was his fault. You know, it wasn't uh, his environment's fault or society's fault. This guy sinned. He messed up. He screwed up, and he had some serious problems because of it. He was down here at the altar. And, Me and a few other buddies gathered around him, and I made sure, and I told him in his ear, Hey, buddy, this is not a gathering of good guys praying for a bad guy. This is a gathering of bad guys praying for another bad guy. Do you understand that? That's what Christianity is realizing. We are bad. I am bad. I am a bad person. I do have a disease called sin in my life. You might think I'm being harsh on you, and maybe I am, but I'm simply showing you that you still have a need to repent of sin. Still have a need to repent of sin. Listen to this. I think this is awesome. Many of you have heard of the author and the writer C.S. Lewis, a good Christian, awesome man of God, so much more intelligent than myself. Every now and again, there's something he writes I understand, and I understood this one. It says, listen, man approaches God most nearly When he is, in one sense, least like God. understand that? We approach God closely when we realize we are least like him. What that means is God is holy, sinless, pure, righteous, mighty. And when we come to him thinking we are pure and I'm doing pretty good, I'm not like that guy, you're far from God. But we approach him and get closest to him when we realize we are not like him. The closer you get to God, the more His purity and holiness will reflect the need for repentance in your life. The closer you step towards God, the more sins will be magnified in your life. Getting close to God magnifies the sin in your life. He points out more and more of it. Like peeling the layers in an onion. If you think you are righteous and holy and your sins are few, you are far from God. If you see the sin and unrighteousness in your life and the wretchedness and you're broken over it, then you're getting close to God. Pretty cool how we sang Amazing Grace just a few moments ago. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We have to understand we are wretched people, desperately in need of Jesus' blood. Whether you just got saved or whether you've been saved 20 or 30 or 40 years, we still are desperate need Jesus' blood in our lives. Still. Still. So then here I am walking through life and find myself messing up and screwing up committing sins realizing man, where in the world are the fruits of the Spirit in my life? What am I to do about it? Am I to walk around feeling guilty and barely saved all the time? Depressed all the time? Frustrated with my Christian walk all the time? Is that what I'm supposed to do? No. No. Here's what you are to do. And this, listen, this is what makes Christianity possible to us. In Psalms, chapter 32, verse 5, it says, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. We acknowledge our sins. You understand that? doesn't matter how long you've been saved, you're going to screw up. You'll probably make a mistake before the day's over. Before you make it home from church, you'll have an evil thought about someone, something. You'll say something foolish. Tomorrow, you're going to screw up tomorrow. You can bank on it. What do we do? Be discouraged and depressed and walk around. No. No, it's possible because we can go to God and say, God, I acknowledge my sin is ever before you, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I screwed up. I made a mistake. Lord, I did it again. I'm sorry, Lord, I acknowledge it to you, Lord. Forgive me, cleanse me of all my transgressions. That's what makes Christianity possible to us human beings, to people of a fallen nature. That's what makes it possible to us, is forgiveness, repentance, penitence before God. You confess your sins unto the Lord. That's how we continue on this journey. That's how I can keep going as a dad, as a father. Man, I made some dumb mistakes as a dad already. Done some dumb stuff. Screwed up some stuff. I made some dumb mistakes as a husband. Man, as a friend, I've made some dumb mistakes. But you know what? There's forgiveness through Jesus' blood. Still. Why? Because I'm still bad. I need His blood. Still. In my life. <clears throat> Back to the opening text. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. Says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Doesn't that liberate you and make you feel so good? I'll tell you what, I've walked around defeated before, feeling guilty, avoided the Lord because of my shame, because I was guilty. I've walked around that way, days at a time, and avoided the Lord and stayed away. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, it's miserable. Have you ever done it before? It's a miserable life, staying away from God. Anytime you distance yourself from the Lord, it gets worse and worse. Your life becomes miserable. It is a miserable existence to walk around depressed, frustrated, feeling guilty all the time. And that's why God offers us forgiveness. Because if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive No matter how many times you do it, as long as it's sincere, you go to the Lord, Lord I screwed up again, I'm sorry, Lord I love you, forgive me, cleanse me Lord of my transgressions. And that's what it is to be penitent before the Lord. If you commit sin and feel guilty, then confess it to the Lord. Don't avoid them, don't make your life miserable. And I'm telling you this just liberates me. Why? Because I am not good. You I, I'm not a good person. And forgiveness just liberates, makes me take so much burden off my back because I can go to God for forgiveness because I am not a good person. It is impossible for me to be good. It is impossible for me to be perfect. I can do some acts of goodness in my life. I can. I've done them before, done lots of them. But it is impossible for me to be perfect. I can't, I can't lie to you. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I, but you can bank on this. I will make mistakes in my future. That's why God offers us forgiveness. Another good scripture found in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. We confess our sins to the Lord. We forsake our sins. And we go on about our Christian life. Trying to be that daddy. Trying to be the spouse we need to be. Trying to be the friend. Trying to be the person in the congregation. Serving the Lord. Or whatever your purpose is in life. Whatever your niche is in the kingdom of God. You confess it. Lord I screwed up. And you go on. All I have to do is with sincerity. Confess my sins to the Lord. Ultimately. Everything that I've. Spoke about tonight. Ultimately do you know what it all means? Do you know what everything I've said tonight. Actually points to. It actually shows. That we still need. Forgiveness from Jesus. We haven't ever gotten to a point. Where we can get away. From the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We don't progress in these levels. In our faith. To where we're way up here. This guy's way down here. He's still going to struggle with those little things. But me I'm on this level up here. No way, at no point in your walk with the Lord will you ever be exempted from the need of Jesus' blood in your life. Never. State of continual repentance. That's what Christianity is. Humbling ourselves before the mighty hand of God. The Bible tells us to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. We humble ourselves by coming to the Lord, admitting our shortcomings, admitting our failures, admitting when we screw up and make mistakes, Lord, I should not have said that. With sincerity, confess your sins to the Lord. We still need our Savior every day, all day. We still need Jesus. You've been saved a long time. You desperately still need Christ's forgiveness. You haven't become good enough, reached a certain level to have no need to ask forgiveness for sin. So, as you are on your Christian journey through life, trying to work, raise your family, love your spouse, pay your bills, serve the Lord, be a parent all that stuff, and you screw up, you go to God and you confess it. And he takes the load right off of you. You know what? He'll take that guilt right away from you. He'll take the depression away from you. He'll take the sorrow and the beating yourself up and I'm barely saved and I don't even think I am saved. And he lifts that right off of you. We have to embrace the fact that we are bad. I I know no one likes to say it. No one likes to hear it. I don't like to hear people telling me I'm bad. I don't even like to tell you that I'm bad but we got to realize that we are we are our hearts are evil we have a need for Christ Jesus in our lives <clears throat> hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 says how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living god understand the blood of christ Jesus' blood purges our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Verse 15, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for Jesus Christ coming as the New Testament for remission for my sins, for our sins. We are a sinful people, but because of Jesus Christ's blood, we can get forgiveness. This isn't a message for new converts. This isn't a message to try to get new people to. It's a message for people that are already saved. Uh, forgiveness through Jesus's blood. You know, I heard a pastor say one time. This was a long time ago on the radio. Christ has forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. I don't want to get into a big argument with you, but. I kind of felt a little uneasy about that, forgiving my future sins so I don't have to ask for forgiveness when I screw up. I'm here to tell you, as a father, my sons have apologized to me before and said, Lord, Dad, I'm sorry I did this. But if he breaks, some, breaks a window in my vehicle or something like that, and he says, Dad, I already told you for, I asked you for forgiveness 10 years ago when I did this, that ain't going to cut it for me. Uh-uh, you better be asking for forgiveness again for what he just did. I'll tell you what, it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. We screw up, you ask him for forgiveness. You screw up and you make a mistake, you confess it before the Lord. Christ's blood, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It is impossible for us to be good. But it is possible. Listen, it is impossible for us to be good. But it is possible for us to be saved. Amen? How? Through forgiveness. Through confession of sins. That makes Christianity possible. See, if God said, I want you to say this sinner's prayer, I want you to believe it in your heart, and then I want you to go on being perfect. You know what? We'd all be frustrated and no one would be a Christian. Because we can't be perfect. We can't. We screw up. That's not what Christianity is about. God's not saying You say this prayer and go be perfect. No way. He teaches us forgiveness. He teaches us confession. And I'm glad. All this because forgiveness of sins that comes from repentance. We repent to the Lord. We're penitent before the Lord. He forgives us and delivers us from guilt, frustration, all that bad garbage in our lives. Now I want to read to you once again the opening text. Maybe you'll understand it even more now. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We have to realize that we are still still sin found in us. We still need him. If you have a chance to witness, and I'm going to bring this to to a close. It's a bit early, but I thought maybe we could spend some time confessing to the Lord and asking God for forgiveness. But if you have a chance at all in the near future to witness your faith, tell someone you go to church because you're bad, not because you're good. And tell that person that is looking at you like you're good and they're bad, tell them, no, I'm bad too. I need forgiveness just like you. I need Christ just like you. Tell them. And and I'm telling you, it'll have an impact on that person because they'll say, huh? Well, I thought you were supposed to be all good, not tempted by anything. Try it on someone. Now listen, rain is going to play some music. Maybe we can turn the lights down. Make your way to the altar if you feel prompted by the Spirit of God at all. And don't tell me, That was a good message, I agree with you. But I don't have anything wrong in my life. His word is not in you then. Every single person in here tonight, myself included, we still have sin in our lives. We still have a need to confess. Remember, Christianity is a lifetime, a lifetime of repentance to God. Being in a state of repentance to God. Now you come, make your way forward Just you and God. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell so and so. You don't have to confess this. Confess it to the Lord. Lord, I screwed up once again. I'm sorry, Lord. Lord, wash me, cleanse me. I acknowledge my sin is ever before you. You You're a holy God. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. And then what do you do from then on? You continue fighting a good fight of faith. Amen.